Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. And happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome back. I hope you had a great weekend and the week is off to a great start. You all, I'm so excited for today because we have one of my favorite humans today. We have Michael Bostic, who is the co-founder of Dear Media, which is one of my favorite podcast networks. They are phenomenal. They are everything. So I I can't even have I don't even have the words. I'm just beyond excited that he's here today and we're talking about how Dear Media came to be, about women in storytelling, a woman in the audio space, and just pushing them to the front because that's what we're about. So I'm so excited. He breaks it down of how the company got started, about podcasting and all the above. So if you like podcast, if you like storytelling, if you're just nosy, this is the episode for you. So grab a seat, grab a snack, and let's get to it. Michael, how are you? Welcome, welcome. I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. How are you? Good, good. You know, just <coughs> it's like finally getting fallish in the city. It's probably spring when this airs, so everybody is probably still cold here. <laughs> I was just in the city, actually, almost a, a little bit less than two weeks ago, and I think it was one of the nicest days I've ever experienced in New York. It's been maybe it's maybe it's changed a bit, but it, when I was there, it was beautiful. No, yeah, like we had a horrible like four or five days of just like straight rain, and then it like all of a sudden just like warmed up the next day, and I'm like, I'm gonna be sick. <laughs> I'm coming again in November, so I'm hoping that it's just gonna be nice, crisp air, warm, not too not too cold, but we'll see. Let's go. Let's go. But before we get into it, we always do the question of what the term young influential means to you. So I thought about this a little bit since we first met and I have a deeper answer now than the first time we talked. The the more I think about the term young influential, the the more I think that first, thank you guys for using the word young with me. I'm getting close close to my 40s, so this makes me feel good. Um, But second, I think that the term young influential to me means maybe being able to break through the noise across multiple generations and getting individuals to either understand or see 
issues, ideas, topics in a different way than their own. So maybe if you're using the word young, you're able to break through older generations and get them to look at something in a different way. Maybe they, you know, they've been set in their ways for a period of time. And, you know, someone that has a little bit of influence at a younger scale may get to some of those people to kind of change the way they think about things. Um, and same with generations that are younger than them. Maybe you're able to take a younger generation and say, hey, here's a different perspective or idea. And the more I think about myself personally and your media in the space of audio and speaking on a mic and sharing ideas, the more I th- really have come to the understanding that like really what we do is we're able to storytell in a, in a way that gets people to start conversations and maybe view ideas outside of their own or counter to their own in a different kind of way. Let's go. Come on. That was a deeper answer. Like, I feel like, every, like mine would have been like, I don't know someone who's young and does things. <laughs> well, you know, the term influential now, like there's, you know, in some, like it depends how you look at it, but sometimes there could be a dark connotation. Like maybe it's manipulative and I don't, I don't, feel that way. I just feel like you're, it's, it's an individual who's able to break through the noise and start conversations and get people talking and sharing ideas. Like I said, that may be counter or different than their own. And I think that's how the world changes, you know, for the better, for the worse, but hopefully for the better. Let's go. Come on. No, that answer is fire. Like drops my, honestly, just everybody just leave. Let's go. <laughs> um, but take us back in time to like childhood, Michael, like how did like podcasting and storytelling like play a role like in your life growing up? Like, was it something you were always like listening to or, you know, I not podcasting obviously specifically because, you know, I'm a kid, I'm a, I'm a nineties kid. So, um, you know, maybe if you have like radio guys, you know, I remember like shock shocks and obviously people like Howard Stern were definitely in the ear. Like back in the day when he was on E, I would see him and talk on a mic and like that must've had some kind of influence. But when I really think back on it, I spent a lot of time on construction sites. My, both my dad and my uncle were developers and, and um, builders. And if you've ever spent any time on construction site, like these guys have some of the best stories, best jokes. And I remember just sitting around listening to some of the older guys talk on the job sites and being like, man, like, they would either tell a joke or a story. You could actually like visualize, even if it was a made up story, what they were saying. And I just remember connecting. And even to this day, like I can remember verbatim a lot of those stories and jokes. And I think it's because of the way they told it with such visuals, even though it was from an auditory perspective. And I just fell in love with the medium of of voice, you know, um, not having to use visuals to get a message across, but really like kind of having a compelling voice. And, And so I think like, as I've gotten older and looked back, it definitely had a much bigger part than I gave it credit for, at least in the beginning of my podcasting days. But, you know, really like what it is for me is like, I just think it's one of the truest forms of storytelling and, and you leave it to the individual to use their imagination to kind of build the world um, that they're hearing. No, that's so true. I feel like that's like usually a lot of our like first experiences with like storytelling is like our family, like whether it's telling like stories from their childhood or just like stories in general. And I know like for me, for instance, like radio, oh, like you brought me back. I was like thinking about days when I would just be in the car listening to NPR about like random stories I had no idea about. And I was like, what are they talking about? But I'm so into it. Like some random, like man eating, like walrus, like, wow. Like I want to hear more about this. It's like the randomest stuff. <laughs> yeah. And my mom was a big books on tape person. I remember like she, you know, my mom always worked for, you know, as long as I can remember, she had a career of her own. And I remember sometimes I'd have to go to work with her. And, um, she always had these like books on tape. And I remember just even being a kid listening to it and been like visualizing the world. And um, so, yeah, I think it like must've taken a deeper route than I gave it credit for in the beginning. Like, awesome. That's so awesome. And like, did you have like a first job or something that kind of like sparked your idea to be like, you know what, like 
this is something I want to pursue. Like usually a lot of people have, they'll be at a previous job and be like, oh, I had this idea to like really start this. So like, how did that come about? This is kind of interesting. It may be a little bit left field, but the last actual job that I had where I took a paycheck that wasn't written by myself personally was when I was 15 years old and I was working at McDonald's. That was the last time that I actually worked for somebody else. And listen, there's nothing wrong, obviously. I think I always say there's number twos and number threes and fours and fives at companies that are a hell of a lot more successful than me. But I never really had a job. I, my dad was very entrepreneurial. And for some reason, I, I never even thought it was a possibility for me to go out and get a job. I always thought that I had to kind of go and do my own thing. I, I really am like born and bred true entrepreneur. It's like, it, it's my oxygen. It's kind of how I operate and where I find my happiness. It's, it's definitely not for everyone, but for me, that's the, that's the case. And during this time, you know, doing my own things, I was always looking for mentors and other people that had either built something on their own or created something. And, you know, you could read the business books, but it, it was hard to go and find, you know, at least peers in my own world, in my own life that had, you know, kind of set out on their own. I, of course, I had guys like my dad and people that were older, but they were such a further generation. He's almost 80. So like the, the gap was, was far and, you know, he didn't grow up in the internet age. So I found podcasting early on, maybe 2012, 13, and just started listening to other shows, How I Built This, Ask Gary Vee, Tim Ferriss, people that, you know, were interviewing other people that had kind of set out on their own. And so I just really fell in love with the medium. And I think it definitely sparked my interest. And long story short, when my wife, Lauren, started asking me if I wanted to create online content, I was like, you know, maybe not a blog, maybe not an Instagram, but like, I really love this medium of audio. And I think that we could do something there. Um, and it really started as a labor of love, trying to find other people that could maybe teach us something that we didn't know and, you know, mentor us in a way. And that's kind of how the, the Skinny Confidential Him and Her show started. And then like, speaking of Lauren, I'm so mad. I missed like getting her air one shake. I was not in LA. Like, because I was like, dang, I really wanted it. It's still there. <laughs> I need to, I need to book a trip to LA soon so I can like grab to grab myself one. Cause yeah, yeah, just for that. so good. <laughs> But um, like when coming about like Dan Media and stuff, was there something that you felt because like around that time, there were so many people who were like kind of creating podcast networks. So like, what was your idea when coming about it to make it really stand out and be different from like what everybody else was doing? Sure. So t quick timeline. Lauren and I start our show in 2016. In 2017, we joined what was at the time of kind of a prominent podcast network. And, and keep in mind, we had no background in audio or entertainment, right? Like I was a commerce guy. I was running an agency. She had her blog. She was, you know, definitely not in any way, shape or form in audio. And so when we joined that network, we figured, oh, they're going to take care of all of the difficulties that take place in podcasting. They're going to help us produce it. They're going to help us monetize it. They're going to help us book guests and help us market it. And, you know, we were really doing this as a side hustle at the time. Um, and so we just thought like, oh, by joining this network, we're going to get, you know, all our dreams are going to come true. Our show's going to explode. And we're going to, all of the difficulties that go into creating this thing are going to be taken off our plate. And then we'll just have to show up on a mic and do it quickly realized that was definitely not the case um, and that we were going to have to do a lot more work. And in addition to that, also realized that a lot of these networks were former radio executive guys and girls that came over from that medium and were trying to kind of marry audio to digital, but really had a lack of understanding on some of the platforms that we had been created on, whether those were social platforms or YouTube or blog. There was not, It's like the left hand wasn't speaking to the right hand, right? And so you would have this great audio medium but then there was no correlation to all the digital channels. And we just felt like that's such a missed opportunity because as you know, 
creators in this day and age, they're building on multiple channels and their brand is on all of these platforms. And so, and you're using them for different things. And so about a year into that relationship, we said, you know what, this isn't really working for us. We're leaving opportunity on the table. The show's not growing the way we like it. We feel like we're not being supported. And, and it's not necessarily to the fault of that network. It's just, they had not engaged in both of these worlds and they just didn't necessarily understand them. And so we left um, and went back to self-producing. And that's when I sat with Lauren. I said, there's a way to make this um, much greater by marrying all of these platforms together. And when you work with other talent or other hosts, you're sharing this stuff on video and social and newsletters. And when you work with brands, you're giving them way more than just an audio. And so we did that and you know, quickly took our show from basically low revenue and low listenership to multiple millions in listenership and, you know, seven figures in revenue and just like really kind of exploded it. And so I started thinking to myself, we had met so many other creators in the space that were struggling like us, particularly women. And um, really, if you think back to 2018, 2017, there was very little female representation. And we had primarily been speaking to women and had met so many other female hosts. And so I said, okay, if we can do this and actually create a business out of this and make it more valuable for some of the creators and hosts that are engaging in the space, while also amplifying females in audio and evening out the top charts so that it's male and female, that would be a win. And so that was kind of the idea and the inception for Dear Media. And then, you know, obviously Lauren and I love a good brand. And so made it very distinct, made it very recognizable and, you know, kind of the rest is history. And I feel like that's so true. Like what stands out, like, I remember I feel like I was like one of the first, like, I feel like I've been on the bandwagon for a minute. So like shows like Not Skinny, Not Fat, and then like Millennial Made with like Rod, like I feel like you guys do a really good job of like giving women like different perspectives and different voices where like you could be a parent or you could be someone who's like trying to figure out their dating life. Like you, it's not just like one type of typeface. It's very, um, very multifaceted where it's like all different representations. And I feel like a lot of times with podcasts, especially with women, they try to like paint them as like one sort of way where it's like, oh, the one that's always complaining about their dating life or the one who's just complaining about like corporate America stuff. But you guys really offer like such a wide variety of it and really appealed to Gen Z, millennial moms, like um, millennials that were starting out in their career, like all types, which is really cool and really hard to do for a lot of people. Well, well, thank you for saying that. And I think even more for recognizing that, because I think that was one of the exercises we did early on. I said like, you know, women and primarily the majority of our listeners, they're multifaceted. They're not just coming for the comedy show. They're not just coming for the mom show. And going back to the term young influential, the idea is like, maybe you get them in the door at first with, a not skinny, not fat, where they're coming for a little bit of comedic relief and a little bit of a gossip show. But then maybe they also discover that, you know, they're a new mom and they want some of that parenting advice. And then maybe they go to Jacqueline Johnson's work party show and they say, you know what, I also have an entrepreneur in me or a businesswoman in me and I want to figure out that. So the idea is that Dear Media could create an offering that could carry people throughout their week, not just the, the feeling of the day. And to your point, we're all you know, individuals that have a lot more depth than people give us credit for. And we may not just want the surface thing. Well, at the same time, if you want to come for just, you know, a comedic relief or something to, you know, escape from a day that's been tough, like we have those offerings too. Um, but we want to make sure that it's well-rounded enough where you can come to Dear Media and really have it be a destination to carry you through your week. And just speaking of work party, like I remember I was like, that that show in general helped me navigate, I feel like the early years of like my career in the in the early like 2010. So definitely blessed Jacqueline and work party. And I think what's also really cool is I feel like you guys were one of the first ones to really, like you talked about, like really brought in like that IRL experience, but also that podcast where it's like, 
you break, you balance the events with also the audio, which really a lot of people aren't doing like back at the time, like they're doing it now, but I feel like guys were an early adopter into that. Yeah. Again, like I just think that what I saw, if I have a perspective and you know, there's so many people on the network that are much more creative than me, but I always just say like, I can maybe see how pieces go together, maybe in a more cohesive way. Right. So I, I think everybody I talked to was looking at, audio is such a limiting way. It's like they would say, this is just an audio show. And I'm like, well, that's a corner of a brand. And that brand can go into live events and it can go into video and it could be streaming and it could be a product line and it could be a book and it could be, you know, a, a subscription product. It could be so many things. If you look at all of these, not only women, but shows as brands, right? Um, and so I think what I've tried to make Dear Media, and maybe to go back to your previous question, what makes us different is we're not interested in just creating a podcast and selling ad revenue on a CPM basis. Of course, we do that and we engage in this, in this medium the same way other audio companies do. But what I personally and I think the team is interested in is what is the overall brand? Not just the Dear Media brand, but what is the show turning into? Is that, like I said, is this going to be going to television? Is it going to live events? Is it a product line? Like, How much bigger can we make it if we start to look at each of these properties as their own individual brands? And how can Dear Media help facilitate some of that success? And I feel like having to like think like that too, also like for like, okay, what more can, and I feel like that's like a conversation. A lot of people or whether it's creators or like agents are now thinking of, it's like, okay, how can we really expand on this? Like, okay, you're doing a little like show on makeup tutorials or like navigating like commerce makeup, but like, how can we expand that to you either creating a brand or like creating your own agency to put on events like this or do this? I feel like it's so important and so key to be, always thinking of like what's our actual like how can we take this to the next level instead of like just looking at the present of okay what do we have right now i think that's so key yeah i want to give people careers not jobs and I'll, I'll define that a little bit more there's so many creators that work so hard to create this content and it takes so long to break through the noise as you know and get that attention and get an audience that is interested in what you're doing and it's really difficult to keep that attention for a long period of time and i think People that are more transactional in this space, and this is, you know, not to shit on any studios or agents or managers, but if they're more, if they think about these creators as a transaction and I'm going to monetize this and do a brand collaboration real quick, I think they're missing the greater opportunity of giving this individual a career that can span decades. And so for me, I say, okay, you have a moment of attention now. This content is working. You're reaching a great community. Now, how do we continue to provide value to that community and give them other offerings so that? You know, this thing doesn't fizzle out and you're not just another statistic on a sheet of a creator that lasted for a year or two and then went away. Like this is I'm, I'm trying to help people really build businesses and brands that span decades. And so I think because of that, we're able to stay disciplined at Dear Media and say, OK, is this a transaction, which is OK sometimes. But does that de transaction detract from the, the brand longevity? And if it does, we'll sometimes say, let's take a step back and make sure that we're protecting the this thing for the long haul. And I feel like what's also like you speaking of that, like also engaging with your audience to kind of see like, what are their needs? Like, what are they looking for? Like having that discipline too to like pick through and be like, okay, like what actually makes sense that we can scale for the next 90 days or next year or whatnot? Like, how do you all kind of balance it and like hone in on that? Because there's so many platforms, there's so many things where people are constantly like talking and giving feedback. So how do you kind of like quiet the noise and kind of hone in with like the different people to be like, this makes more sense for us to focus on now? Yep. It's actually very simple and people get make it way too difficult. <laughs> the 
the best way to do that is to constantly be in touch and listening to the audience that you've built. And, you know, you're creating content or product or services that they're looking for, that they're happy about, that they want to support. And I think creators specifically and brands specifically get in trouble when they start to think about, you know, whatever the flavor of the week is in the news publications or whatever the brands are looking for, or whatever, whichever money's going to which platform. Lauren and I, and I think Dear Media, have been able to stay disciplined because we're checking in constantly with the audience. What do you guys want to hear? What do you like? What's helping you in your life? Because ultimately, they're the reasons that you have a platform in a business. And if you fail to continue to cater them and if you abandon them, then you're going you're gonna to pay for it later. And so, you know, we may make a misstep and say, okay, like that content really didn't resonate well. But as long as you're in tune, you can say, okay, you know, we cured the feedback. We're going, we're taking a different turn. We're going back to another way. But they're also going to recognize that and support you along the way. And so I think, you know, for any business, not just creator-driven business, if you're constantly in tune with the customer, the audience, and you're, and you're, and you're really working on providing them value, every single week, every time you produce something, the rest of the stuff takes care of itself. The brands are going to come, the money's going to come, the platforms, the managers, the agents, all of, all of that opportunity comes, but, it, but only if you continue to protect the relationship with the audience that you're serving. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just the thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. Yeah, and it's, I feel like a lot of times brands and stuff will get like to, they're like, oh, well, this is the direction. Everybody has e-commerce merch, so we're just going to drop sweatshirts or we're just going to do, we're just going to do in-person events. And it's like, did you actually check it with your artist? Like, if that's what makes sense before you first of all, like spending all this money or like doing whatever, whatever, if that's not what your audience is into and really aligns with your brand's mission and what they're really trying to do, you're kind of just throwing stuff at the wall and wasting money when you really could just start with step one, checking with, like you said, checking with your audience that got you here to be like, Hey, is this what you guys actually want to see here? Do like, would you wear this X, Y, Z? And listen, we all know creators we, we love and, you know that there's obviously a business element to it. That's why people are putting in this kind of time and effort and why many of them are quitting their, their jobs and going and pursuing this kind of stuff full time. 
But even me as an audience member, as a part of people's communities, I want them to win financially. I want to support their businesses because I feel they're putting in so much work to provide me as the listener or consumer or watcher so much content and so much value that I'm like, yeah, I want, I want them to win. I think as, as soon as it becomes transactional and the audience feels like all you're trying to do is monetize them or sell them, then it's kind of like all of us have that rub where we're like, ah, like now I don't feel good about the relation. We have no problem with people making a living, right? What we have a problem is people taking advantage. And so as long as there's a true transaction where it's like I as the listener or watcher or part of the community and getting relief, entertainment, education, some kind of great content that's carrying me through my day, then I'm completely fine if you're making a living and doing well, I want you to win. But as soon as I feel like, hey, maybe I, I'm just here because the person all they care about is, you know, having a monetary win off of me, then I don't feel so good about it. Like, no, that's true. Cause it's like, um, you're clearly just looking at me to get this revenue for X, Y, Z. Like, I'm good. Like you guys could stay over there. Sure. Uh, and kind of rewinding back to like what we were talking about with like reaching audience and like multifaceted and all that stuff. Uh, whenever you guys are like coming up with shows and like looking at ideas and stuff to engage both types of audiences, like, is there like a strategy you all do like, oh, this creator would make more sense to bring on because they'll really help like the Gen Z who's really doing X, Y, Z or the millennial parent or the X, like, is there like specific way that you guys kind of debate adding shows and like adding different creators to it? Sure. So again, I think we have, because Dear Media, Dear Media is a fully integrated company and it's, you know, a company that's been largely built by what I think is actually the Dear Media audience, meaning Many of the men and women that work in the company are listeners to many of the shows. That's actually how they find a lot of us, right? It's like, they're like, hey, I love that sh show X or show Y, and I need to work at this company. And so it's great to have a team that also not just loves the mission, but loves the content we're creating. And so we're constantly talking internally saying like, you know, okay, we have these offerings, what's doing well, what's not. We're very analytics driven. We start to see, you know, what pops, what doesn't. But at the same time, we're a company that's willing to take chances, not only on, on the types of content, but the types of creators. And we'll say, okay, like we really think that there's a void or something missing in our catalog here. Like let's, let's work with this creator or let's do this kind of genre or this kind of focus. And then we'll do everything you know, that we can as a network to try to get some visibility. But at the same time, we're brutally honest. If the audience doesn't respond well to it, we'll have a sit down and say, okay, like that was maybe a miss. Let's, let's move in a different direction. But I think kind of that speed and that ability to test and kind of collaborate internally gives us a really early touch point into stuff that we think will work. And so fortunately, we have more wins than losses. But it comes from a constant testing and a constant conversation, both internally and externally with the audiences. No, I think I think that's so good. And I feel like each time you had to like whether it's like rods or uh, not skinny but not fat, like any of those, I'm like, oh dang, like that makes so much sense. Like they fit right in, or any of those. So are there speak like aside from like those? Are there any like other new ones that um, you guys have like really seen people really respond so well to? Like any of the new shows or partnerships? Sure. You guys have had um, there's a woman named Dr. Elisa Pressman, and um, you know when we met her, she you know she's a child psychologist out of New York, and um, we met her and she didn't know if she necessarily felt in, uh, that she fit in the dear media mold. And I just kept saying to her and the team kept saying to her, like, you know, we have a lot of new moms here that are a lot of young millennial first time moms that don't 
you know, necessarily have access to you in New York and would love access. And so we created a show around her and, you know, just like we thought that show just skyrocketed because there were so many moms that maybe came for a different kind of show on Dear Media, but then realized like, hey, I'm also trying to be a, a great parent and I, it's the first time. And so that um, also will take swings at, at the fences on bigger things. Like there's a, a platform that was called The Morning Toast, now The Toast, very prominent, probably one of the largest, if not the largest a millennial female daily morning show. Um, they had started a show called, or a, a platform called Toast News Network under them. And we just felt like, hey, it, under the Dear Media umbrella, we can help amplify this in a greater way. So like, we'll do stuff like that. So to me, it's it's not even about going to the biggest creators or the biggest names. It's about trying to, to plug into an offering that the network's not currently catering to for the entire audience demo and saying like, hmm, even though this person here doesn't have the biggest platform, we know our audience is going to rally around it because there's an appetite for this type of content or this type of creator. And so, again, I think that's like when you build a concentrated brand with a concentrated marketplace and you're listening to them constantly, I think you're able to kind of take things that wouldn't have as, as strong a legs on other platforms and really build them up out of nothing. No, and that's so true because I feel like a lot of times like people or like brands will just be like, oh, huge creator and just like pull whatever based off of like number and size versus like actually tuning in and just being like, oh, you know, what? like our audience likes this, this and this, like this person over here might not have the biggest audience, but like what they're saying and what they're doing makes more sense and aligned with like what we're trying to do is like our mission and then also with what our audience wants. And I think that's so smart and so key to always tune into that where, where it makes sense to just bring in people who are really like saying and doing stuff that like, you know, that would speak to your audience versus like just size in general. Yeah. And listen, speaking to people like Jackie Schimmel and Amanda of Not Skinny, Not Fat and some of these other creators and not to disparage any other network, but early on, I felt like many of the companies they were working with weren't giving them kind of the respect and attention that they deserved, right? Like these women are extremely talented. Like, I mean, I think Amanda just got done interviewing all three of the Kardashians, yeah. right? Like, she made that, she, I mean, Dear Media had a part to play in that, but I mean, she made that happen. She facilitated those conversations, just like putting in the, the effort. And we didn't necessarily discover them, right? Like they had shows, it's just people weren't taking them seriously. And I think that, again, this is a miss from maybe some of my competitors where they're sitting on a gem like that and they don't realize it with a little more support, a little bit more effort, a little bit more production value, positioning in the right way that you could really like help create a star, right? And um, so I think Dear Media, like at the end of the day, really what I hope we do well at is recognizing talent and then kind of getting out of their way and just letting them do their thing. Of course, we're going to position and help amplify, but like really just creating a system that helps facilitate that talent and, and helps them reach a broader audience. And I feel it's also key that you guys do really well. It's like you make the audience feel like they're part of then where they're not, where it's not just like a one-way street. And I feel like a lot of times that a lot of brands and companies like struggle with how do we make our audience feel included? And I feel like you guys do such a good job. Like I remember when, she first interviewed Kevin. I'm like, oh, finally, like she got it. Like I felt like I was proud. Like I've been like rallied, cause I've been rallied around her, and I feel like you guys do such a good job of engaging. Like where you make every, your audience and people feel like they're part of the process. And so many of them, like you said, have had these artists for a long time, so they've been coming around the journey with them. And I think that's just so cool how you guys really do that. It's a, it's a simple switch that businesses can make if they start. You know, like there's that term B to B and B to C. I try to tell everybody that Dear Media is a B2C business. We're business to consumer. We're not B2B. We're not, I'm not 
at every event trying to find every ad agency or every streaming platform or every, you know, whatever to, so that I can develop a relationship. Sure. I like that. But like, for me, what's much more powerful is like dear media has a business to consumer relationship. They're helping us create the content. They're helping us find the content. They're sending in submissions. They're saying, Hey, have you guys seen this person? And I feel like to your point, when we have something that pops, the consumers feel like they've, done it with us or they help discover it with us where so many businesses are just they're focused on like networking with other businesses which is great but to me it's like again the reason you have an audience is because you're creating valuable content that the audience finds interesting right and so like i always just do my best to try to like remind people dear media is b to c not b to b no that's so true you guys do such a good job of like balancing that between like the social media platforms and just like constantly engaging with your audience, which is what can be a lot of times hard. Cause there's so many, there's so many platforms, so many channels and it's a lot of times. So like just kudos to how you guys do that so well. Thank you. And like to kind of wrap up our conversation for all those who are listening, like, cool, you guys like love that you have a cool network. Like, Oh, awesome. But like, <laughs> what if I stay for people who are like, yo, I don't even know how to like start and like get off the ground with like, my show idea or get my network to help take me more seriously. Like what advice do you have for like those types of like questions? You know, my advice has changed around this stuff so much over the years because again, I, I guess, I mean, there's people that have been in audio much longer than me, but I remember the days in 2016 when Lauren and I used to have to create video content to put on socials, to teach people where to find the podcast app. So that kind of like dates myself in audio a little bit. And now, you know, everybody's talking about podcasting. And my advice back then was, you know, launch fast, adjust, get started, get going. My advice is still the same. I think in any content medium, whether it's TikTok or YouTube or podcasting, like there's, it's not oversaturated, even though people say that to you, it's, it's um, not too crowded, but it is much more competitive now and you have to find a way to break through the noise. So when Lauren and I started, you know, we could talk about anything and everything under the sun because there was very few people doing it. I think if you're starting now and you're a new show, you have to figure out how to break through the noise, whether you're positioning yourself as a very specific expert on a very specific thing, whether you're creating a show around a niche. I see a lot of like, you know, shows that are doing rewatches are doing very well because they're tapping into a niche community. Um, whether you have a skill set that other people are coming to you for to learn from that they, that they don't have in a, in a broader way, um, something that differentiates you personally from the market. Cause you know, you, I can't tell you how many times a meeting starts with someone saying like, I'm going to be the next caller daddy, or I'm going to be the next Joe Rogan. I'm like, well, let's, let's first, let's get to a thousand <laughs> listens first. Right. Um, and I think the, the way you do that is by positioning yourself in a way that's able to break through the noise. And, and most of the time that means getting very specific about the offering. I think you have to utilize other platforms now. I think that um, when Lauren and I started video was important, but not nearly as important as it is now. You have to have a way to, to visually stand out. Um, in the beginning, I would say maybe just start on your own and you might not need a network, but the problem is now this has been commercialized and the rise of companies like Dear Media have made it very hard to get market share as an individual. Um, and it's, it's solely because if you think about Dear Media now, anytime we plug in a new show, there's 85 other shows that share that show. You know, there's a Dear Media logo everywhere. You see the, the listenership of Dear Media, the, all the millions of people immediately have visibility into that new show. So th there's an unfair advantage for that show compared to somebody who's launching on their own. And that unfair advantage doesn't just exist with Dear Media. You know, there's other platforms like Wondery and Cast and iHeart. And, you know, 
all of these other platforms that are able to kind of scale and launch shows um, to the mainstream in a, in a quicker and more effective way. Um, and so I think if you're thinking about joining a network, it's like, sure, there's a trade-off of that you're going to partner with someone, but if the trade-off is valuable enough where you're going to get a lot more visibility and then you can be compelling and stand out, that that's what I would suggest. Unless you're somebody that is coming with such a massive platform from a, from somewhere else, right? Like if Mr. Beast, I'll use him, which he's a beast. If he came into a <laughs> podcast, he doesn't need to, like he can stand on his own. If you're somebody, like if you're Kim Kardashian, you could stand there. These are people that are going to be getting so much attention and press regardless. But if you're the, you know, the average creator like Lauren and I were, um, I think you have to really be thoughtful in the beginning of how you're standing out, not only from a content perspective, but from a positioning perspective as well. Yeah. And I think it's always key to just like, know that like, if you're trying to market to everyone, you're talking to no one. So like, like you said, like really honing in on your niche and like, know it, staying true to your audience and not trying to be like, Oh, well, everybody's like streaming games and you're trying to stream games and you don't even know how to play. Like you're wasting your time. Like people are going to read right through that. So it's better to just like stick to like your niche and like what you know and not be afraid that it's not like scaling at a thousand listens the first week, but like, just like, be like, you know what, I'm going to crap my community. I also see a lot of analytics now, obviously in the seat that I sit in at your media, I see everybody's numbers on all the shows. And, you know, I, I always find it discouraging uh, or disappointing when you have a show and they've maybe started and they're about six to 10 months in and they're like almost at that point where people are starting to pay attention and they go, you know, it's not happening fast enough or I'm not making money quick enough or people aren't paying attention. And they, they kind of quit right before the inflection point of when like it, it pops. Um, and what I try to tell people is like, imagine that you're starting an Instagram today and you've never been on Instagram before, or imagine you're starting, you know, YouTube today. It, you you got to put in the time and the work and the effort. Like, I, I don't believe you can create anything of value, long-term value. And this is doesn't, not just from a creator standpoint, but any business in less than a year, right? If I, if I just said, Hey, go create this brand new product or service or business. And like, you have a year to make it happen. If it doesn't happen, it's a failure. Like, Nobody would ever try anything. So I think if you're a creator and you're listening to this and you're in that space, like, man, I've been doing this and I just haven't got there, like, keep going. You know, the only thing that you have to sacrifice is your time and your energy, right? You know, Lauren and I, and I still point this out, our show started as a side hustle. I was running two companies at the time. She was running her company. We kept doing the podcast. The podcast today is still our side hustle. We do it eight times a month. Dear Media is my full-time job. I started Dear Media when I was running two other companies as a side hustle. And so, you know, if you really want something, you'll put in the effort and it's not going to come overnight. But if you can stick with it and, and, you know, have it turn into something, it could be the most rewarding thing you've ever done. No, come on with that sound advice. <laughs> um, but Michael, thank you so much for being here and just like blessing us with all this great advice, great knowledge and all that, all the above. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you guys for the feature a while back. I was really nice. Boom. Wow. How great was this episode? If you were like me, you probably took a lot of notes and have a lot of questions and comments. So if you do feel free to add us at Adweek across Twitter, Instagram, all the social medias. And we'd love to hear from you all. And feel free to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. That always helps us. And we can't wait to hear from you all and see you in the next episode. So bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Young Influentials, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and ACAST Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Al Manorino, executive produced by Chris Aaron, and edited by Lane McGibney at Bountville Studios. 
You can listen and subscribe to all Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcast. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 